0: Welcome to the Smart City Podcast, the technology program that looks at how buildings, communities, and cities are becoming smarter, more efficient, and more connected. We look at everything from the big ideas to drilling down to individual projects and innovative ideas that impact your day-to-day life. The Smart City Podcast is brought to you by Locomobi World, moving the world through sustainable, frictionless, and secure solutions. Welcome to episode 29, recorded on October 20th, 2021. This week's guest is Christopher Nvidiata, the founder and team leader of The Invidiata Team, a real estate company that has been serving the greater Toronto area since 1985. He knows a thing or two about residential real estate and what clients are looking for in new construction and resale. First, though, we've got Grant and his tech news. Okay, Grant, here's your chance to shine. What do you got for news this time around?
1: Well, I don't like the shine part because um, I hope I'm shining, but um, okay. We all want to go the future of homes. We want it to um homes to be self-sufficient. We want to be energy efficient and we want to be use sustainable energy. And there's a new product that has been in test that I think you, well we'll see if you guys know about it but um so wind is the big power that we want to use because as you know solar depends on the sun um and all the other energy sources are battery we always wanted wind, but I don't know, Alan, do you want to put a a nice big windmill in the backyard of your home? No. Okay. Well, Alan, we're halfway through my 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 news on this one. So there's a new, it's called Floating Wind Farms. Okay. And so what about a turbine in your backyard that looks like an air conditioner? You know what? I think I saw something like that <laughs> just the other day. Right, right. Okay. So these these, I've been following this and I think I can talk about it now. So you have these square panes that would be flush up against the back of your house and they would be so thin that they could almost look part of your architecture. But know what's inside them? What? Little square panes. Yes. Yes. It looks and what like they a- are, right? Then know what they are, guys? They're like propellers. It looks like a moving sculpture. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So, and they spin around. Okay. Come, I'm not going to go this far, but I guess I could almost say it's cool.
0: I, I saw it. I saw a video of it just the other day and I thought it was cool.
1: Okay. So they're eight or nine feet high and 20 feet wide whatever. And they, they work in the framework of your house and it's an aluminum frame. And guess what? It's designed to power your home. Yeah. And uh, it's, it doesn't look ugly. Do you know I'm gonna tell you something. And I'm not I'm not making this up. Um I'm building a home and I am now looking to see if I can get this. All right. I'm I, sorry, I, I mean it, no. it, it I think I think that if it did half its job, okay, um the average home I'm gonna say runs about eight to ten thousand kilowatts per hour
2: hmm.
1: and this unit can do that. That's fascinating. I know. I really do. I really do. And I think that this could be something like um, today. We're going to talk to one of the top real estate agents in the country. And I think that it'll be interesting to see his take on, on um, the future of energy in a home. So I think it'll be pretty amazing.
0: Next story. What do you got?
1: Next story. Um, My next story is um, something we've always talked about. And um I'm not sure if you know about this, but but you probably do because you you read this stuff. The Saudi Arabia Arabia are d- billion now we always heard about all these Chinese cities being built and they're empty. And and we know about the problem now, with the real estate and all that. But the Saudi Arabia, they're investing five hundred billion dollars, okay, to build an autonomous city. This is the one along the, the Red Sea, right? yep neon so so essentially I don't know if you know this but no one has reached autonomous uh, the best I have seen that's truly autonomous is level two and level three is what you know Tesla and all of them are thinking they're gonna do and it's a lot of talk this will be level four wow okay so think of think of a city and it's all based on the autonomous vehicle because it will decide where to take you and so the function of, there will be no function of human input. Just so you understand that. Mm-hmm. It's level four. What, what that means is, other than the fact that you could take control of something, and it could be a building, a car, a train, you won't. Level four is basically, it's autonomous. So it knows where to go. It drives around the city and functions on its own with no human input. It will stop on the side of the road with a flat tire. It'll stop on these things. It will do all the things without anyone talking to it. Hmm. And why is that so important? Oh, by the way, it's the benefit of a 5G network, okay? And you're covering the first mega city. Um, so think of um, a city that's fully autonomous and they're building it. There's no, This is not like, Let's give it a shot. They're building it. Mm-hmm. They're investing $500 billion. And so why do they think it'll work? I'm going to tell you why they think. And, and, and I agree with it. When you build an autonomous system, the problem is it only works as good as the infrastructure around it. And I mean sensors. I mean everything. But to think if you're building a city from the ground up that's going to be autonomous, so you're building in all those streets and all the sensors and you're building everything into the buildings and the, the, the internet. And so everything around you is brand new. It's not like, let's put a Tesla or a Honda car out there. The only car that's really let, gotten to level three really is the Japanese government with the Honda. Mm. Um, and and, and, and then even that, they're having a bit of problems. But so think of the only way you can take control is ground up and we're not gonna I mean that's not reality we're not not we're we're not gonna do a we're not we're not gonna do a knockdown in the city of Toronto and rebuild it right so I, I get it but think of all the future of cities I think think if you're building new communities Alan and, and you're probably laughing because we just talked about that a bit but um I just can't believe all this news has fallen into this but think of building a community and if you build it from the ground up you now have what we call high automation instead of what the term in level three is conditional automation. OK. Uh, this is this is big. This is big news as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah. And if Saudi Arabia with their oil revenues and millions upon millions of square kilometers of empty space. I mean, they can afford to build something like that.
1: Oh, yeah, and I'm with you. I I realize that, but let's say they build this city and it works, because no one says it's going to work. That curates the template to build smaller communities, because communities are are just basically a microcosm of a city. Um, And if they can figure out how to scale it down because of the network and I think between you and I, I think it might be either build a community than a city. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> it's just that
0: do we? Okay, it's just a matter of jurisdictions, governments. Oh yeah, uh, here we go again. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you oh, know having no. having the appetite for this. Uh, oh of the, course, the they, they will, they will,
1: Yeah, they can destroy it. Of course. I mean, you're, you what you mean really mean is the baroque, and right. and the red tape. Yeah, I know, and and I think that that is part of the challenge. But I think. Uh, even new cities that want to grow and people want to build up new cities and move people, they're doing this. They're gonna to have to do it, which really leads me into my next news. Okay, last story. Okay, so part of the future of infrastructure, as we know, is drone delivery. Um, so and and everyone's tried it and it and it's worked in Australia in some cases, it's worked in other places in Singapore, but the fact is it's still in that test mode, and it hasn't gone. And there's all reasons for it. And a lot of it is the creepiness of drones and the security that people do not want to take a chance on. But let me tell what's going on in, and I'm not surprised, it's Texas. Um, there are a couple of cities in Texas who have just launched a partnership with Google, okay, and Walgreens. And as you know, Google has a, an affiliate called Wing, which is their drone division our drone partnership. So Walgreens will start now right away flying packages by drone to the residents in um, Texas cities in partnership with Google and wing. And essentially um, there'll be certain products that will that will qualify. So obviously there will be only certain types to start, but it could be 150 different product categories. And essentially why? but I want to tell you why they're doing it. The biggest complaint in cities like Frisco, which is one of the cities that will do this, is they can't deliver anything to people because the roads are so jammed. Yeah. So, in other words, delivery by drone is taking delivery vehicles off the roads and freeing up things. And so um, it will be very interesting. And as I said, the only ones I know that they've tried it with Wing Um, would be um, Australia and maybe Finland.
0: You would think that FedEx, UPS, DHL, all of them would be looking at this sort of technology, don't you?
1: They are. Okay, so Amazon and UPS have been seeking this out and trying, but it has not worked, okay, um, yet. And then you've got Walmart, who have uh, started to invest an amazing amount of money to be part of this because Walmart want to be the Amazon as well. Um, So Walgreens has about 150, a hundred store items um, that are going to start rolling out now. And so what it'll be interesting to find out, and this is, this include online orders include like medication, snacks, cosmetics. Yeah. Lightweight stuff. 10 pound drones. Yeah. Um, Pretty cool, Alan, and and you know what? You know, if you could do it here, I would be already be already stumped. You if I didn't need it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it'll be interesting. I think it'll be interesting, and I think it is the future of real estate and and communities.
0: If you're from in and around Toronto, you've probably seen signs marked Invidiata. This is the Invidiata Group, a real estate agency that specializes in all kinds of properties with an eye on the luxury market. Real estate people are increasingly dealing with clients who want to be in tune with smart city practices with their homes. Christopher Nvidiata joined us from his office in Oakville, Ontario. Christopher is with us here, and we're going to talk about, I guess we're going to talk about what your clients are expecting out of homes these days. You do real resale, and you also do new construction. So what are you seeing um, homeowners ask for in
2: in in their new in their new homes. Well, the reality is, and thank you for the kind introduction. First of all, Grant, it was a pleasure meeting you and Alan. Um, the reality is, I think with uh, COVID, the the home has now become a sanctuary, and more and more people are retreating to that environment. Uh, they're relying more and more on technology to get the services that they need. Um, I think they're realizing, too, that they do not need to travel as they thought they had to in the past. So I think that's been a huge paradigm shift for the entire industry. Yeah, you know, if you feel safe in your home, you may
0: not want to go anywhere at all. So what sort of, let's focus on the technology because that's what we do. What sort of technology are you seeing your customers ask for, your clients ask for?
2: Well, security is probably the number one. Like if you have a security system in a home today, that is probably your first and foremost, especially with people coming with deliveries and packages. And so what what we're realizing is that if technology can be a solution-based industry where if, if I'm not at home and somebody's coming to my home and I actually can see them come to my house, I can interact with them, I can open doors for them. If I have a special locker that could be opened with my command, that would help them, you know, literally feel safe about the whole process of having people come to their home with packages that they, they never were before. So let's talk about that. I think
1: what Chris is saying is, and, and by the way, Chris, um, I'm actually amazed at that. And I'm glad to hear that, that security is number one, because right now, as you guys know, and and and, and Al, you know, that, you know, traditionally he's talking what people expect in a condominium you know, mm-hmm. all the smart features and all that. But it looks to me that people are saying, you know what? Um, I expect that in my home. And and you would think now, now in all fairness, Christopher, um, you are synonymous with high, high-end luxury homes. But I get the sneaky feeling here. We're talking about pretty well, everybody now is saying, you know what? As a basis, I want to be secure. Remember guys, there's going to be drones being delivering stuff to your home one day. Really? You laugh, Alan, but I'm telling no, you. No, I
0: know, here. I know. Drones um, are coming.
1: And, 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 uh, and, and whether we like it or not, I'm not suggesting that I, you know, I do, but I respect people who don't. But yeah. the fact is, what is security? And, and are we talking two types of security? We're talking cybersecurity and we're talking physical security. And they're they're different guys, and I don't think uh, I don't know how many people in today's world understand that how different they are when they say the word security. Mm-hmm. But um, that's a transition that uh, if people are looking for that in their homes, then I would say that's a that's a high value proposition now in the world of Christopher. I'm going to say um, horizontal real estate
2: instead mm-hmm. of vertical.
1: Right, And maybe that's the way to look at it because you're the specialist in that area. And sure. so would that be correct?
2: Oh, and, and it's growing in, um, you know, in awareness. I think for um, a lot of people, don't forget, their home is one of the f- five most important things in their entire life they'll ever experience is buying or selling their home. So you're handling probably the one thing that will mean more to them than their own health is is the home they live in. So to make sure that home has the safety features and also the environment to know what is going on at all times. Like you think of mothers with newborns. They have monitors now that, that watch the kids do whatever all the time, 24-7, and they react to everything. And why not? The technologies there to, to help a young mother watch the child. Same thing with your home. If you have the ability to know what your home is doing with its heat, with with all these different features, what an amazing opportunity to have. But first and foremost is security. And, and this sort of
0: thing has really come into the fore over the last, I guess, 10 or 15 years. My house is uh, 2004 and tried to future-proof it as much as possible. So I put in all kinds of Cat5 cable and whatever. But uh, things have really accelerated over the last little while. People want home theaters. Oh, right. People want, um, you know... If, Everything automated, like you said, with uh, uh, security, with things like uh, HVAC. Um, They want what else do they want in homes? Um, Sound systems, Mm -hmm. you know, all kinds of different
1: things. So kitchen appliances. Oh Um, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I don't want to. Maybe I'll help you about there, Alan. But um, yeah, you've got the revolution of Nest, Ring, Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, Honey, even the other ADT. And essentially, they want to turn your, your home into an autonomous structure. Mm-hmm. And totally. they can be run not just by computers, but by voice. Mm-hmm. I don't sorry. want to overlook it. but and, and I know, Alan, you've done that with yours, and I certainly have. And um, my house was not designed to have that. But yeah. I think what's really nice is the ability that you can now add these features because yeah. of the
2: world of uh, wireless communications. So I have, a, I, have a, sorry, I have an idea for you. Alan, or for, for you, with respect to a fridge, what if it had a reader for with a barcode that you could put your product underneath, and it just it tells your store that you need another one. So, like as you use products, you just scan it, and off it goes.
1: He he's so on, st- <laughs> Christopher. You are. I mean, he's way beyond what people are thinking, which is oh, cool. really good because I think he's dead on. If I could open my fridge up, I watch Joyce make her list every week. And by the way, guys, we do order it now; we do (laughs) have it delivered, which we would never have done two years ago. Right? Um, But imagine that—you, you know—the fridge tells you what you need. Exactly. Going all, Alan, right? Uh huh. Let Let me ask
0: this: You have a client that approaches you; they want new construction. Sure. This client is very well off; got deep pockets. Yeah. And they say, "Okay, here is a house on this lot that I want built." Yeah. What sort of things beyond security are they are they asking for? Or no, let's back up. Do you sit you must sit down with with the architect and the client and decide exactly how smart you want this going to be.
2: Well, you're you're on the right track because today with an architect, you can use a computer and 3D the entire home. You can see everything spin it around upside down. You can put in the CAD-5 lines. You can put in the plumbing. You can literally build the home on a computer with all that technology so that before you lift a finger or spend any money on physical purchasing, your design concepts are all done for you virtually and with ease so that we have the ability today to see what the home's capable of doing literally uh, in the design process and, and develop new ideas as we're doing them. Give me some examples of what some clients have asked for. How about unique ones? Unique ones. So the, I, I think the latest, um, from most people is the waterscaping, like outside the, like it used to be pools were for kids and now water is for adults, like in built into the architecture. And so, like, from a landscaping point of view, waterscaping has been one of the signature, um, nuances, especially with, the way they can do it with troughs and waterfalls and built-in hot tubs, uh, built swim-up bars. So these have become oases, and 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 I use the word resort setting. When you step into your backyard in these luxury homes and you have this resort feel, you don't want to go. Like you, like why would you go? And so he's right. He's right. My backyard is becoming my almost like my resort in my car. I'm
1: I'm playing house now, Alan. And the whole idea of retirement is living in an oasis. Yeah, and and I can't believe what you can do now. It's not you're right, but hold on, I'm building the pool so the kids will come visit too. (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Now it it used to be,
0: not that long ago, pre-COVID, anyway, that having a pool was considered to be a bit of a liability if you're trying to sell a house.
2: Totally, yeah. Not you can't get a pool now. No, it's two years, three years waiting list. It's it's uh,
1: it's unbelievable the change. Um, oh, but, sure. but let's think about that. So, so uh, l- we're getting these people building these homes, and and I, I totally get it. I'm with it. Um, when they're building the home and they're choosing their lot and they're putting all under and putting all the stuff into it, um, are they looking at also how they're going to connect
2: to the community? Oh, for sure. Te- technology is the bloodline of the house, without question. And so everything starts. Like if you think of the heart of your body being the center of your your existence, technology is the, the heart of the home. So and we're just learning how how it can adapt to almost everything in that house that that requires energy So and
1: outside all the services and oh, for sure. What, where to, where my kids are going, and who's picking up,
2: dropping off, and where can I go, the best route I can drive my car somewhere. Totally. The, the interaction with the mobile phone and the, and the home base has now become one because of the uh, you know, technology. So with that new reality, all, and I, I would say more so the 30, 40 something crowd, less the 50, 60 something crowd. Here we go. We're, we're older ducks. So for us, new technology means we have to think, we have to figure it out. How does it work? Give it to a 20 or 30 or 40-year-old. They love it. They adore it because it's made their life easier, more efficient, uh, easier access. Um, In other words, they get it. They get it. It's like, (laughs) why why didn't we have this before? So the, the new generation coming up will know no different. And so for them, the ability to enhance technology will only become greater and greater and greater. As, as this new generation starts to use it and employ it.
0: It used to be that the center of the technology in the home was the furnace room and the hot water heater.
2: There you go. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and now the y- you have to have a server room. Totally, big time. And those servers, server rooms used to be just for the audio, like the inside the home audio access. That was a big deal back in the day. But yeah. to, have, to have the ability to do what we're doing and call it work from home it's it's a it's a wonderful thing when you realize the stress and strain that we put on ourselves to be going to work when doing the work that we would actually do in a physical place we can now do in our own home
0: let's let's talk about that for a second because covid is apparently hopefully waning uh, yeah. And people are wondering, well, am I going back to the office? Am I going back For to work? For sure. Should I? Do I have to, given that I'm more productive at home and I often have more after two years, I have often more
1: gear at my disposal but, but, in my home than I would at work. But mm-hmm. now my, my question is not, what do we think of those people? I want to hear more of Christopher's hearing from people. Well, that's what um, I'm saying. Buyers are coming, and what are they saying to you? I'm not going back to work, or I've got this long-term plan. I'd love to hear the urban transformation of how it's happening in all these satellite cities now. Yeah, Uh, What are they saying to you? Uh, Oh, first of all, who's the clientele? (laughs) I don't mean the average guy coming and buying $55 million house, but who's that new clientele? Because we know it's dynamite listings in Burlington, Oakville area.
2: Who's the client now? Yeah. So so the the buyers for the, we'll call it the West End, are typically moving from the East, Toronto, Tobacco. The, the migration is East to West. And okay. so as, and if you almost use like a tier, uh, Young and Bloor is, is center ice. The price per square foot per property will start to come down as we move further West. It's just a, a normal uh, sure. historic thing. So we're getting a lot of our buyers right from the GTA. There's less buyers now coming overseas, which is natural because there's been a shutdown on immigration. But that will be another big wave for the market. Immigration will be opening up soon. And so there'll be an added stress on pricing for consumers when they open up the door for immigration, for sure.
1: Now, is that honestly not going to... uh, uh, Extend the the future of uh, vertical versus horizontal developments. So condominium living is it not going to put the pressure to do that? Developers are going to have to start changing their thinking.
2: Well, that's a great question, Grant. So the reality is, when the migration—and I call it a migration—from Toronto, there was fifty thousand people that left the Greater GTA into the suburbs. And did not know New... that?
1: By the way, thank you for that number.
2: <laughs> there you go. Wow. It, it's a big number. And so these people started saying, Hey, if the internet works and technology works, I can live in Bimbrook, I can live in Godrich and have a house three, four times the size where I left in Oakville, and have the same quality of life and arguably maybe better because I'm I'm now without the stress and strain of, you know, kind of an urban setting. And so the quality of people's lives has actually gone up.
1: But but hold on, Christopher,
2: you're telling
1: me Okay, now you got me. This is a good conversation. People are going as far as Goderich. By the way, I love Goderich. <laughs> I know I grew up going to Grand Bend and saw you know all out there piney. But my point is, mm-hmm. you're telling me that people are going that far and saying I can still work and do this.
2: Totally, and 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 wow. it's almost yeah. It's it's kind of cool. And here here's the cool thing: when you get young couples. Discovering the benefits of rural living. Yeah, it's almost like bringing them back to their roots and saying, "Hey, I'm going to start farming. I'm going to start, you know, slowing down. Um, I'm going to I'm going to do things different to enhance the quality of my life first, and then my work will become my play." It's kind of the way they're thinking.
1: It's funny you just said that because I just saw a commercial like that. Oh, really? <laughs> where, yeah, it was um, your your work is your play because you now have this great community involvement, things you're doing, and it's all good. Oh, by the way, it ends up looking in the cartoon.
2: It's all good. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: There, there's
0: a, a huge social aspect to this migration, and it's not just in southern Ontario. It's, it's worldwide, because totally. everybody has been displaced from their usual workplaces. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we talk about specifics here in, in southern Ontario, but it, it applies, I think, pretty much everywhere these days right uh, especially in in markets where real estate prices are going up and up and up and there's inventory problems and all kinds of all kinds of, of of issues where you know people wanting to buy a home um so one of the things i i guess is integral to any home anywhere is is a broadband connection mm-hmm. um, yeah. how fast and this may be a little bit too much into the weeds, but how fast does an internet connection have to be for a, a typical uh, super smart home these days?
2: Oh, uh, wow, well, that's a, a great question. And um, I, I think with G5, it's really become a game changer for the industry as a whole. Um, that That level of frequency is, I think, from what I can understand, is the uh, new standard that's going to be rolled out. I think it has
1: to be. I I think, like, 5G will – guys, I think 5G will not be the standard. It will move forward even faster. Oh, really? Um, But 5G right now, so you understand, um, you need to have – but don't think you actually have it. I know, Alan, I always get you on this one. Yeah, I know. Just because if, if I put a tester out, I promise you, the majority of the time, I'm getting 4G. 5G mm-hmm. is the goal. But we all mm-hmm. know right now, how many times has our internet gone down? Our Netflix not worked? Reboot the uh, the boxes? Why? Sure. Because we're overloading the infrastructure. Oh, I can and only imagine, for sure. Right. So So, Alan, I think the, the question is probably, and, and asking Christopher, that is the most important question. Because... Are cities building the infrastructure to support the real estate being developed? Well, it's it's not only the cities; it's the rural areas and in oh, Canada, oh, okay, communities. How's that? Communities. Communities. Communities, that's better.
0: But, You know, the far north, for example, there have been stories about a wheat and how they're just dying because they don't have proper mm-hmm. internet. Yeah. And in the in 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 this day and age, you have to have high speed broadband, no matter where yeah, you, no are. matter what. Yeah,
1: I'll give you an example, guys. Right now, do you know that I have decided to use my phone for this podcast? And I'll tell you why. Because I have cable here and I have 5G mm-hmm. and it drops off during the podcast sometimes. So I would sell here on my phone because I know it won't drop off. I'm just giving you an example, Alan, where, and of course it gets worse when you get in rural areas, that it's a lifeline. Mm-hmm. Take away that, and I don't know. I really care about the house,
2: right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Well, without 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 the without the internet, the world would never have been able to have achieved what it's has already achieved. And there's nothing worse than bad internet,
1: because mm-hmm. then you get frustrated, you get upset. Alan, uh-huh. am I right? And uh-huh. and you've had it. You're pulling your hair out. The hair we have left, and <laughs> all of us are in the same position. And so, Rogers. Kojiko Bell, the you know, they got to continue to upgrade and be able to provide sustainable networks. And rurally, they haven't done that. And you know, Alan, that may go satellite in the end. Well, with Starlink, yeah.
2: Would the satellite achieve the same result? It,
1: not right now, but it will. Okay. When they start writing these things in new programs, uh, yeah. like quantum physics and quantum theory, and which they're already using in satellites now. Yeah. Uh, connecting to rural areas would be much, much easier and faster if you can store yeah. data in the yeah. cloud,
2: more data. Yeah, because if you look at the the population of the planet, it's so concentrated in, in big cities. And then when you look in the countryside, the small little towns have been virtually abandoned. So if yeah. you were to say, let's say reinvigorate our uh, countries by moving, let's say even... Ten thousand people, or a hundred thousand, make small cities or small towns out of these existing places that have been left literally to die. You would have an, a resurgence moving. He's getting into another another whole
1: no a whole new podcast.
2: I'm with you all the way. Yeah, yeah. So yeah this, no, this, this, no,
1: it's a big problem, guys. And and I think sure. the uh, well, that's our problem. But we have to entice people to move there. Oh, for like sure. The it, people going to Godrich, we have to provide them hey, you can make this move. It's yeah. good
2: for everybody. Um, whole companies will move. Oh, for sure. In Britain, they're doing uh, 100,000 like 100, people villages where they've been literally just vacant land and creating small future towns where people can buy land at a locked-in price in the house for like 400,000 euros to get people out of London to move up into
1: Well, think of it. It's that, it's that scenario, build it and they will come. Totally. For sure.
0: Uh, there are so many companies right now that offer smart home technology, either brand new or or retrofit. Yeah. Um, are there some trends that we're seeing? You know, we we had the home theater trend. We had the security trend. Um, we had the automation trend. Do you see anything
2: new coming down the, the pipe? I do. I, I think it's going to be in the ability to receive packages at the house. That's a big one. <laughs> yeah, I think that's gonna okay. be I think we get tonight news. Like that is that is when you think of the condo buildings that you know the Amazons, the all these delivery companies are piling up, you know, their packages in the in the lobby, it's become a full now they're thing. going to
1: now they're going to lockers, but still.
2: yes. Yeah. But the the reality is I think we've we've um I don't think that trend of ordering online is gonna go away. I think if anything, it'll probably get more more and more uh demands, so the home of the future will probably say, "Hey, my garage door, which used to do this, will now open this way with a special door where you put your put the product in, lock the door, and we're done and in a way,
1: okay now that I want to talk about that for a minute, okay, this is a good one so let's assume you've built this great house, and I'm gonna use Opa only because." That's the specialty area we know sure. what we're talking about. I put my gates in, right? Mm-hmm. It's gated. Yep. Now, a drone can fly over the gates. <laughs> sure. So now you're facing a whole bunch of things, right? Yeah. How do you preclude drones from flying onto your property? Who do you want to know? When will a drone come on the property? Because it's gated mm-hmm. and they don't need to stop. They're going to fly over the gate. Sure. And so, Alan, you had asked about the future technology and I agree with you. Drones, the reason drones aren't done yet, aren't out yet, because we don't know how to control them. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, we've got lots of instances now, uh, which I'm going to talk about uh, in, in later in, in news and that. but uh, Guys, um, drones are the future, no doubt. Amazon has tried the drones and has not had success. Okay. Um, simply because, and I'm not, by the way, I'll, I'll take it a, a step further. Um, when you say drones, I'll say air drones mm-hmm. and land drones, which are robots. Mm-hmm. I think that they're both going to happen. And I think the robots are going to be much quicker than you think. Wow. And so with that in mind, um, Amazon has tried it. And I am, by the way, anyone that tries it, I love. Mm-hmm. I hate the ones that say, oh, I don't want to try it. Um, but I think it is the future. And, and, and I guess from my standpoint is um, if that is the future, then again, think of it, Alan. I'm buying a house. Oh, does it have drone service? Do mm-hmm. drones come in this area? Where do the robots
2: go? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're thinking really crazy here, but are we really? Well, it's coming for sure. And and if you were a homeowner with a gate with technology, you could let me in. Like you know, literally, when the package comes, just press a button and let you in. So I mean, we're we're so interconnected that the the, um, the possibilities. For, for the um, delivery at the home are, are, are there at our doorstep today. Okay.
0: One last thing here. And we kind of just touched on it. The garage. Mm-hmm. What's happening with the garage the and the kind of technology that people want to <laughs>
2: see there? Well, the, for sure, um, most guys uh, guard that space as their own. So <laughs> it's, the, mm-hmm. it's their domain, uh, and we're seeing enhanced uh, features in garages for sure, um, especially when it comes to the flooring products, the, the 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 side armors, the the baseboards are made of metal. Uh, there's heaters. There's car washes. Uh, some, some Jesus. Kind of, some Did you just does. hear that? Did you just hear that, Alan? I car know. washes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you haven't you haven't <laughs> seen my garage. I've I've completely. Yeah. Fitted
0: it out, complete with an epoxy floor and everything. The one no, thing. No, I have two, two. I have two. Yeah, the two things that I don't have are a car wash, which I really want. Yeah. And secondly, and I don't need it right now, is a charging station for my electronic uh, electric vehicle. There you go. But you don't have one. Well, I don't have an electronic
1: vehicle. I don't need it. In fact, you just bought a new car that wasn't electric. So why do you care? Well, let's. No, one day <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to need it. I
2: agree. I agree. Here's I
1: agree. Here,
0: here's one other thing. Are you seeing any people? Uh, I mean, they probably have backup generators, but have you seen things like uh, Tesla's Power Walls and some of the battery
2: technology being implemented in in um, homes? Oh, for sure, definitely. We we deal with it uh, not not a lot, but I would say ten fifteen percent now. We're, we're That's into, a lot. Yeah, well, it's the beginning of the curve. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, okay, and people will pay a premium for that, Christopher. Well, the people that are. Like we just had a, a gentleman who sold on the lake. It had a charging station, and the deal was if the new buyer didn't want it, he would take it. Like it was, it was something that was portable. It was his
1: possession. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So you know, if you if your new buyer says, "Hey, Grant, I, I don't need the uh, the electric," well, you say, "Hey, it's not included. I'll take it with me." But more and more people are finding that those homes with it are leading the the overall feeling, the, the, the direction of the market, for sure.
1: Okay, then let's go to the next level. How important, and I want to tell you why, guys, both of you, I'm building, look at building a house, and I'm going to have sustainable technology. Right. Probably solar on the roofs, um, maybe some wind, I don't know. But the point I'm asking is, how many people that you're meeting in your type of clientele are saying, Tell me about how what you can do with sustainable technology. Whether we know it's being pushed on us, and I get it, and we're being encouraged to do it, and so we're all going to try to do our part. How big is that in a home?
2: Um, I would say that it's almost mandatory. Like it's at that. Okay. No. Yeah. No. Really. Oh, for sure. If you don't, if you're building today and you don't, you haven't thought this through, for the you know the next person who's going to buy your home, you've really missed the mark. The the reality is the technology that you can put into your home today is simpler than it used to be. I remember I used to build homes as well. So when we were building homes for the Microsoft president, he looked at me and said, listen, I don't want any gadgets or gadgets. I want to do a toggle switch. I want to come up to a light and go, it's on, it's off. I don't want it. And same with the heater. It's unbelievable.
1: (laughs) I'm from a technology guy.
2: Yeah, I want the old fashioned thermostat where it can come up, and go, and it's going to work. I said, "Wow!" He goes, "Yeah." I don't, e- even though I love technology, I, I know, I know myself. So he hasn't bought in. He was not. He had not bought in yet. No, I wait,
0: wait. When was that? That was twenty years ago. Okay, twenty years ago, when a lot of the technology. Alan, in- I would have done it still. Well, <laughs> well, no. The, the the problem was you know. 20 years ago it was still stuff that was brand new you were using all kinds of different standards that you were trying to piece together with chewing gum and, and, and guys
2: and back and it, thing. It, it wasn't working that well like let's yeah see internet it. internet
1: was terrible yeah. communications was not sustainable yes we had no we, like we had no confidence in the internet we all wanted it but now we now we do yeah, for sure. Right. And, and and of course, all the standards that you
0: had with all your your, your devices talking to each other, we didn't, ha- we didn't have smartphones 20 years ago. Exactly. You
1: okay, you said something else. Hold on. Hold on. Are there standards, Alan, you keep throwing in some good buzzwords. Are there standards that we have to follow now when we build these communication, these smart homes that you have to follow? When you've been out looking at them, are there standards that people have to comply to? Or is that still up in the air?
2: No, well, the build, building codes is really what you're you're referring to. They always are upgrading, always for safety, always for making you know those adjustments so that the whatever is being employed right now or being put into a home meets a safety standard from the governing body. So the building codes are always getting more stringent and upgraded and upgraded. So it's forcing companies to be more innovative, more yeah, make sure their products are working better and they're and they're more efficient. Uh, to use and not as complicated.
0: This has been absolutely fascinating. We may have to revisit this in the future because technology is... No, we have to. But I have one,
1: Alan, I have one question. I'm going to throw Christopher off here. Okay. (laughs) All this technology, what's the future of the real estate agent?
2: Ooh, good one. Well, okay. So this is a a beautiful question because I was just on a call before this with uh, two very big players globally in the market. And the gentleman said, and it was his words, not mine. He goes, I think with technology, it's gonna force the agents to become more relational than before. The consumer wants a real person to to do the final deal with them because it's an emotional one, it's a big one. Technology will help get all those answers, but if you're going to be a good realtor in the future, you have to become relational with the person you're serving.
1: So now you will have all this great technology to promote the home, talk about it, but in the end, you want to hold that hand.
2: Belly to belly. It's it's all about me looking at you as my... F-
1: I kind of think I agree. I think I agree, actually. I had to ask the question, though, Christian.
2: Right? <laughs> with a human touch. How's that Technology with a human touch. Yep,
0: yep, yep. Again, fascinating. We will have to get you back on as as things progress because <laughs> they're not standing still.
2: No, never. Well, thank you guys. It's been a pleasure and uh, keep well and stay safe.
0: And that's it for this edition of the Smart City Podcast. And thanks again to Christopher Nvidiata of the Nvidiata team. Upcoming programs will feature more smart people and their ideas for connecting us together through smart technologies. If you have any questions or comments, Send them to feedback at thesmartcity.blog. And check out the website, thesmartcity.blog. The Smart City Podcast, brought to you by Locomobi World, moving the world through sustainable, frictionless solutions. Executive producer is Grant Furlain. Technical productions by Rob Johnston. Executive assistant is Andrea Crawford. I'm Alan Cross, and we'll see you next time.